Welcome to the Stronger Than Your Boyfriend podcast. For anyone who's into fitness, but especially those who like to listen to Katie rant. We are your hosts, Heather and Katie, and the owners of Bar Path Fitness. And we're here to help you sift through the bullshit and toxic misinformation that permeates the fitness industry. So today, we're going to be talking about what is a neutral spine and more on that. Uh, we want to discuss this terminology because it's a very misleading term and the verdict is kind of still out on this topic in a lot of ways. So we're going to dig into kind of neutral spine, flex spine, extended spine, and all the spinal positions and variables that affect uh, what position you're using and, and why. Yeah, I mean, you've all probably all have had a trainer if, if you've had a trainer in the past that have, you know, they've cued you like neutral spine, like, you know, we want to make sure we're keeping that neutral spine, yada, yada, yada. But it's basically like, I feel like I see it a lot with, you know, the, the fit pro or whoever they're trying to sell their book or their course or whatever. And they have to create these like objective ways to move in, um, you know, with certain um, exercises. So it just becomes this objective, objective thing when really it's, you know, way more subjective and there's a lot that goes into it. Um, I mean, when I was a trainer starting out, I probably cued that a thousand times for the clients. Like, no, we got to keep your spine neutral. And I feel like my clients had no idea what the hell I was talking about. Anyways. Um, <laughs> I mean, you're, so yeah, your spine always has some degree of flexion or extension when you are training, right? It's never really neutral. Um, it, it's really like, it's really a subjective term anyways here, because when you're putting your spine under load, like it's, it really can't be neutral. Like there are some extremes, right? So like, let's say you're deadlifting, you don't want your spine flexed so much that you look like a dog taking a shit. <laughs> or, you know, on the other hand, if you're doing like an overhead press or something, you don't want to look like you're doing a back bend, right? So there are extreme you know, uh, versions of flexion and extension that you want to avoid when you're doing heavy loads. And then in the middle, it's like, okay, well, we want to keep it flat or we want to keep it neutral. And it's like, well, what the hell does that, does that even mean? Yeah, that's going to vary, I think, based on the person, right? Right. And the movement. Yeah, exactly. Um, so let's take a step back and just kind of look at the research and why people cue neutral spine and why it's so important and people are really dogmatic about it. Um, so I think a lot of the info comes from studies um, done in the early 2000s, which were very good studies um, related to spinal flexion, under load and disc injury. I remember throughout my bachelor's degree um, and even my master's a little bit, um, we learned all about <laughs> disc uh, degeneration and, and like herniated discs and all of these things that you shouldn't do and why your spine should be neutral. Um, and so I think a lot of these studies also um, were a part of that. So these studies highlighted compressive strength and how we're stronger when the discs and vertebrae are in a neutral position and the risk for disc degeneration or herniation when the spine is flexed. However, um, there are also studies that discuss potential for disc herniation even when the spine is neutral. Um, so that's just something to take into account. And I think what these studies really don't take into account or what we don't take into account when we look at studies and then try to apply them to people is spinal flexion is unavoidable in so many situations. Life is life. We're not in a lab. <laughs> we live in life. So we're going to take on load when the spine is flexed at some point in our life. Yeah, I mean, so that's the thing with studies, um, with with any science, really, in, in any field, it's like, studies are amazing. Like, it's really awesome that we have science, right? Um, and they give us kind of like a framework to build off of. But we always have to remember that studies, they have, they're in a controlled setting, right? And they're usually, 
I don't know what, like six to 12 weeks. Usually they have their, you know, standard set of people that they're using. So it's very controlled. So when you're trying to apply that to every single person, it doesn't really work. So it's also important to keep, you know, keep in mind like anecdote. So like, you know, anecdotal evidence. So meaning like, you know, every individual person, like how much flexion can they handle when they're deadlifting without pain? How much extension can they handle when they're bench pressing without pain? So just little examples like that. Right. And, you know, there are various certifications that talk about the neutral spine, um, including Pilates, which I don't know a ton about. And I know Heather that, you know, more, um, but there are a lot of personal training certifications that, that discuss that as well. And they probably are based off these studies. Um, but we also don't take into account with this is like pelvic position and scap what your scapula is doing. So, you know, scapular retraction and depression and scapular protraction and what effect that has on the spine during loaded movements movements. And we'll get into like exactly what each of those things mean, you know, what I just said, um, in a little bit after we kind of stop discussing the research. So, yeah. And I think, I think Katie brought up a good point on pain, right? So, um, pain in particular is not, does not always mean damage and damage does not, not always mean pain. Right. So a lot of people have back pain and it freaks a lot of people out, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we have actual damage occurring. Right. To the actual spine or from the actual spine. Cause a lot of times that could be like a nerve issue, right? Just another example. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so back to the studies a little bit, um, I think what we can conclude from some of these, there is a new recent study I kind of want to talk about, but a lot of the older studies, um, some of the things that haven't been considered in that lab environment are what we mentioned, individual differences and where neutral is for each person and how you can't really see that without really looking at their spine. Um, and we don't have an x-ray machine when we are you know, training people. So I bet there's going to be an app in the future that can like, you can like visually see like I don't know, like an x-ray or something of someone's spine and you can like see, all right, your discs are all lined up and all right, now it's time to that day we can go for like a one rep PR or something. Right, we're claiming you know that app I mean? right now. So yes. It's yeah. Patent, we're patent yeah. We pending. got that. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, and number two, the other thing um, when we're looking at these studies is um, I think one of the big things, and this was the newer study that just came out um, pretty recently um, talks about this, how, adaptations that occur with spinal loading over time, um, which is what happens with most people when they're lifting weights and they're getting stronger. Um, these studies don't take that into account. So when we do that there, that's when we're reducing the risk for our injury with that spinal flexion underload. So just to like elaborate on that, do you mean that, um, they, so let's say that a person is doing like a deadlift or something and their spine is a little bit flex and they don't feel any pain, like they can get stronger, doing that movement with their spine flex so that means that that is okay for them yes does that make sense <laughs> that's exactly what i'm so yeah. right so it's basically you're just saying like it's okay to flex your spine because you have no pain and you're getting stronger while doing it right or you can even train and that's kind of where i'm going to go at the end of this is yeah my conclusion of all this is that you can train your spine to handle stress in a flex position under load with moderate intensities to start for right. sure like don't try and go do like a one rep max or like compete in a powerlifting meet and like let's see how much i can flex my spine right we're not going to jefferson curl at the meet on the platform right like no. yeah but we are going to incorporate jefferson curls yeah. in your training exactly in Light. order to yeah. yeah to build that up right. so that's kind of what i'm saying and that's what this recent study um, that was published in the international journal of sports physical therapy 
um, I believe it was 2021. It might've been early 2022. Um, it discussed the reality that we should be um, taking a clinical framework of um, when we look at back issues, calm the tissue down, build the tissue up and improve work capacity. And I love this because this is exactly what my physical therapist is helping me do. Shout out to Christina in Denver. (laughs) She's awesome. Pelvic floor PT. Yeah. Inclusive care is the name of her company. So she's awesome. Yeah. Shout out to inclusive care. Um, So Christina is awesome because she is helping me. The first thing we did when I walked in with my back pain, which I've had back issues for a long time. And I kind of know why and I kind of have a theory of why they're coming upon me now versus when I was competitively lifting and being more consistent. Um, But Christina is helping me kind of discover, all right, step one, let's calm the tissue down, right? Like what's going on? And how can we tell it to chill out so that you get out of pain? Um, And then methods to help reduce that pain over time. And most of it involves movement, right? And exercises. And then we talk about how to build back up and what movements I should start with and how to progress over time. And then the plan to build um, and build that work capacity so that when I do lose position again, which is inevitable because at some point I will, um, I'm going to be ready for that with the plan that we have. I want to ask you why I think you should elaborate on why what your theories are on why you have had this continual back pain, because I think it would be really valuable for people to understand where you've been with this. And in also like the process you just discussed, like with, you know, um, reducing the pain and getting better. Yeah, yeah, I think this is, um, this is a good subject. Um, Long story, but we're gonna we're gonna get it in here. Okay. So I personally, and you know, my therapist has kind of agreed that I'm probably correct in some of this, um, for sure. I have been teaching group fitness for a very long time. Um, 2007, I think I started. So, um, and that was, you know, repetitive movement over time, not really getting stronger in anything, demonstrating on one leg. Typically I would demonstrate on my left leg, which is my non-dominant leg because I was facing people. Um, and then walking around while everybody else did the other leg. So my right leg wasn't getting as much attention. So that's, you know, issue number one. And I would just like to say a lot of these group fitness classes are a lot of, um, for lack of better phrase stupid movements like they're just jumping around <laughs> hey mine actually are. strength training no i know you do a lot better but there's still only so much you can do in a group fitness it's class so. well it's true you're you're doing fitness entertainment right yeah like, and people like 50, want the people reps. need to be entertained and they want something different every time and trainers we know that that is not how it works right, right. that is not effective yeah so it's really hard as someone who like is a good trainer and then like trying to bridge that gap between entertainment and smart yeah. movement but I try kind of. Yeah. You did the best that someone <laughs> can do. I can. think I did my best. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, where was I? Oh yeah. Okay. So group fitness. Um, I think that's kind of step one, like issue or issue number one, if you will. And then when I first started powerlifting, you know, when you get into it, it's a super exciting sport. You really want to go hard. You're trying to get your mindset right. There's all these things and you may not pay attention to the little things that matter. And so I believe it was 2016 when yeah, we, we started were together. I think, uh, when I, I think it was lifting? like 2015, 2015 when we started powerlifting. Yeah. Whatever year it was, it was a quads gym in Chicago. Awesome gym. Shout out. Shout out. Um, and I was deadlifting and I honestly don't think it was that bad. Like the form in general, the problem when you're deadlifting, um, deadlifting with a rounded back 
is not like a huge deal. It's the change that happens. So if you start with a flat back and then you lose that and your yeah. spine flexes as you're coming up, that's when the injury happens. And that's yeah. what happened to me. Because your spine can't handle that load because it's not used to it. Right. Right. I wasn't because training the, it. Yeah. it. When you're competing in the meet, you're going for the heaviest rep that you can lift so it's not your spine isn't used to that because in training you're like trying to keep your form as perfect as possible right 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 yeah so um so that's what happened that was like the first initial injury i heard a pop 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 freaked out like had this tingling sensation dropped the bar fell down was like oh my god had to make my way upstairs to find katie we had to go to urgent care because i was like i broke my freaking back like what am i gonna do i didn't it was fine um but they gave me a shot and the guy was like oh you just shouldn't deadlift i'm like okay well that's not happening um bad advice from urgent care um but um what i mean the diagnosis was that i had a bulging disc which that doesn't mean anything. Everybody has Everyone probably discs. is walking yeah. around with a bulging right, disc. Right. It just is right. like, do you feel pain or not? Right. That's when it's an issue. So I was able to, you know, build myself back up slowly after the pain was gone. Um, but what I should have done is taken more care and attention to the movements that I'm doing now that my current PT has me, you know, focusing on. Um, and that's to kind of try to help fix the problem, which I've never really stepped back to do. Right. I just got back to deadlifting and, you know, over time, which isn't a bad solution, but it's a bad solution when you don't do the other things and work on the problem. Yeah. Right. I just put a bandaid on it. And- but, but isn't it like, I feel like you deadlifting as you're getting better, doesn't that highlight how it's not like the deadlift and being flexed that, right. that is what hurt you. It's just not taking into account the full, uh, spectrum of training and, and all these other issues that you've had and not not doing that work, right? So it's not actually the deadlift. Yeah, yeah. And, and flexing your spine. Right, right. And so I think when I went to... What happened this time with my back, just so you know. So over time, I was able to um, progress my deadlift, um, you know, broke some of my records, blah, 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 competed for seven years. And um, once I hit that American record last year, I was like, okay, I think I'm retired for now because my body's breaking. Um, but here's the thing. Like I would have this recurring back pain whenever I went too hard. Right. I would, I would feel it for maybe 24 hours, some nerve pain in, you know, my right glute, right leg, right low back. And, but I knew that it was going to be okay. And I knew what to do. And so, you know, 24 hours later, I was fine. I could go back to training. What happened this time, uh, recently with my back, is I switched careers, I quit powerlifting. And what happened was I got very busy. And I stopped prioritizing my consistent resistance training. And because of that, um, this happened without even lifting. This wasn't like this last time, it wasn't a lifting in- yeah. injury. It just started hurting one day yeah. after after a hike, after, like a long hike yeah. we went on. after a long hike, it just started hurting. And the pain progressively got worse for 10 days. It was so bad and I could barely move those first few days. It was, it was terrible. And I was trying to do all these little movements and things. And finally, you know, I went to Christina and she helped me kind of figure out what hurts, what doesn't, what, what we think is going on. And I told her my theory. And my theory is that while I was powerlifting, yes, I was probably putting excessive amount of load on an issue that I already had with my, with my spine, with my muscles, with my hips, everything. However, because I was consistently resistance training, I had some protective factor there that was keeping me from actually feeling the pain or, you know, making the injury worse. Yeah. 
And when I stopped consistently resistance training, that's when I got hurt, like really hurt. And that's when I felt it. And that's when the pain really, really hit me because I wasn't doing the things that protect me. So moral of the story, consistently resistance train people. (laughs) Yes. But also like it's, and when you're injured like that, you're not like if neutral spine were this like fixture for everything, well then to rehab it, you would just be like, all right, I got to stay in a neutral spine at all times possible or, you know, at at every single moment of the day in order to, to let this heal. But you're not doing that. Like perfect example, like a cat cow, like you're slowly flexing, slowly extending and you're breathing into it just to try to get some movement to your back. Right. So yeah, I mean, um, I, well quickly, like for me, I injured my back a few years ago too. It wasn't as nearly as, um, bad as Heather's injury, but it wasn't like during a lift or anything. I think I was like squatting. And then after the session, I like bent down to tie my shoe and I was like, Oh shit, my back hurts. Of course. When tying and your shoe. I couldn't like figure it out. You know, it took a few weeks and you know, back pain takes forever. Feels like it takes forever. But I finally went to a physical therapist and they had me doing press ups, which is essentially because going into flexion hurt my back. I was, they wanted me to just lay on the floor, press up into extension um, as much as I could throughout the day. So again, it's like, they weren't like, all right, you just got to stay in a neutral spine position in order for this to heal. They were like, no, let's work the, the motion of your back that doesn't, that you don't feel any pain in. And that was extension. So they just had me doing that. And that healed my back um, pretty much more than anything while taking care of, you know, like, some unilateral work I was neglecting and all that other shit. So I think this is a great leeway into a quick point about arching and bro science. Oh, like bench press arching? Yeah. All because, right, let's get into yeah, that shit. Let's just get into it a little bit <laughs> because you were just talking about how your your physical therapy or your physical therapist had you do press ups. So that's spinal extension, yeah. people. Yeah. In order to help heal because exactly. discs typically herniate the other direction with spinal flexion. And so what I think is hilarious that most people, okay, let's just say bros yeah. on the internet. That could be women too. And like women, some women yeah. are bros about this yeah. too. And so. yeah, anybody can be a bro. Gender does not apply to bro. Um, <laughs> yeah. We'll go on, you know, someone's video of someone with a really nice, I'm going to call it nice, awesome, big bench press arc, you know, and usually this is someone who's an extremely well-established power lifter, who have records, who definitely know what they're doing. It's been years for them to build this up. And they're like, you're gonna hurt your back. Yeah. And honestly, <laughs> most of the time, it's a fucking dude talking um, to a woman like, you're gonna hurt your back. Like, if this is you, literally shut the fuck up and leave. <laughs> like, I hate you. But but the <laughs> point is, right? Like, we just showed that, you know, discs usually herniate the opposite way in spinal flexion. And spinal yeah. extension is used to kind of help with alleviating that pain. So not that you can't hurt your back in spinal extension, but yeah. like, it's much less likely. So yeah. Find something else to yell at people about. Yeah, like there are like, okay, you've seen like someone like a some freak who's like literally doing a back bend and they're bench pressing. It's like, okay, but hey, th- their spine can actually handle that. If they can like basically do a back bend and they're like bench pressing, like maybe they're just strong enough to do that. But like if you think about a bench press, it's just so funny. Like if you're not arching your back a little bit, you're probably doing something wrong and you're probably going to injure your shoulders because you're not retracting your, your scapulas. You're not protecting your shoulders. Your elbows are going to flare out and because your back is flat. So really, bro, if you're benching with a flat back, mm, you're doing it wrong, Gary. So calm down. <laughs> yeah. So. We want to avoid that internal rotation of the shoulders for yeah. sure. That's how, I mean, when I, we've worked at gyms a long time and the biggest injury you see is a shoulder dislocation in the bench press. Yeah. 
lot of times and it's because of that stupid form yeah flaring the elbows out because i want to keep my back neutral on the bench like i don't know what are you even talking about and you also see this in lat pull downs right like who does lat pull downs with a neutral spine yeah you you would round your shoulders like it wouldn't you wouldn't be working your lats which is the whole point of a lat pull down right so but right. yeah okay so i'll since i kind of was talking about the scapular retraction you know depression all that like what the hell does that even mean um i think they're like when you're thinking about your spine um you also want to think like okay what is your pelvic position looking like and what is your scapula doing so for example you can have an anterior pelvic tilt or a posterior pelvic tilt anterior is think like you're arching your your lower back right like instagram booty pic or something that's like the extreme of it posterior is you're trying to flex your flex your spine so think like plank position you don't want to extend your back um you actually want to flex it um, I like to think, or I like to tell my clients, like tuck your pelvis under, pull your belly button up towards your nose, um, and engage your glutes. So that's more of a posterior pelvic tilt. So, and as I just said, like in an anterior pelvic tilt, your back is more in extension. It's not neutral. Posterior pelvic tilt, it's more in flexion. It's not neutral. And you want to be doing these and articulating your pelvis for certain movements in order to make them most effective. Like again, for a, a plank, for example, if you just, if you have like a quote unquote neutral spine you wouldn't be getting the most out of your plank because there's all the load is not, or most of the load is not on the the abdominal or your core, uh, region. So it's kind of like, you're just kind of sitting there and like, what's the point? Um, and then as far as like your scapula, what that's doing. So, uh, protraction, that's kind of just think like you're pulling your, your shoulder blades forward as much as possible. Um, and then retraction depression. So retraction, like just think, pinching the shoulder blades back and down. Um, the back and down part is the depression example. So like for me, um, I am currently, um, uh, one of my goals is to, to get a handstand push up. Okay. So if you really, at, with the shoulders on this one, you obviously have to have really strong shoulders and you have to have really strong shoulder protraction. So that's the one where you're kind of trying to keep your shoulder blades pulled forward. If you are doing a handstand push up and let's say you're, you're pressing back up and your shoulder retracts, well, that automatically is going to default your spine into more extension, right? So it's just an example of like, okay, yes your spine, it's important to, to realize what it's doing, but also like there are other, um, areas on your body that can dictate, you know, where your spine is going more flexion, more extension and yada, yada. And I will say that one thing with my clients, and I wanted to mention this earlier, earlier that if you cue, like, if you say like neutral spine to someone and let's say like they were, they're setting up on their deadlift and their, their spine is really rounded and you're like, Hey, let's uh, try to have a flatter back or a neutral spine. And then they do it. And then their position looks good. That cue works. Use neutral spine because that key work, that cue works for that client. So like, this is why it's so important to just realize how individual this is for each person. Like some people I can cue them like, all right, we, we want like a flat back and they like, they can't like articulate that in their brain. So I might have to go like touch them. And so they can feel it. Or I might have to figure out, figure out a way to say it differently. So like, there's also like take that into context as well when you're actually working with a client, um, whether online, remotely or in person. Um, it, it's important to just not get so like dogmatic about anything. Like, yes, we're talking about like neutral spine isn't really a thing. But hey, if that cue works for this person who's consistently rounding their back and they're feeling some pain and I say, hey, we want more of a neutral spine or try to keep your back flatter. And then they're able to do that with that cue or, you know, something along a cue along those lines. Well, then that works for that person. But 
again, it's for the person, for the individual. Ooh, yeah. Snaps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Snaps to that. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. I do think that when we first started, we were also we had our things that we were like oh, oh this is the way this um, is the thing that was you like do that was like my first three years as a trainer oh yeah and it's like the better or i would say the more experience you get as a trainer the more you realize that you don't know and like mm-hmm. then you look back and you're like wow that was kind of shitty and honestly i didn't like hurt any of my clients and i still you know they have they had a lot of progress with like strength gains but it was like I really didn't need to worry about so much of this little tedious shit, you know, as I really thought I needed to. So, right. <laughs> it it kind of reminds me of that, that term or that thing where it's like, okay, when you get that saying where when you get your bachelor's degree, like you think you know everything, but then you get your master's degree, you realize you don't know anything. anything. And then you get your PhD and you realize nobody knows anything. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's the progression yeah. of experience as well. Not just yeah, degrees. Yeah, pretty right? much. So <laughs> definitely that's why I like, you know, I always recommend hiring a trainer or a coach with experience. Yeah. So just because they've had that. Yeah. Cool. All right. You want to get out of here? We done? Yeah, we're done. Okay, cool. cool. This is a good time. Well, yeah. And I guess a little shameless plug. If you do want a trainer or a coach with experience, I'm not not (laughs) shitting on coaches who don't like give them a chance. um, But I really do think the people who don't have experience, like go work at your big box gym and learn. Yeah. Uh, But if you want someone who's already done that and has a lot of years and a lot of clients under their belt, um, you know, head over to our website, barpathfitness.com, fill out an interest form. Um, You know, we can chat about um, online coaching, remote coaching, or an in-person um, select few spots if you're in the Denver area. And yeah, that's all with the plugging. Yeah. And if uh, if you like this podcast, please rate it, review it, subscribe to it, tell Share your friends. It. Yeah. Um, follow us on Instagram. That's really TikTok. It. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we I do guess have we do a TikTok. TikTok. Katie does that. I don't need to keep up with this time. Yeah. Uh, but it's, yeah, at Bar Path Fitness on all those. So, all, all right. right. Cool. All right. We'll see you next week. Peace.